0: everybody, welcome into the I Want to Know podcast. I'm your host Greg Jones and I am the guy leading you on this inquisitive departure into audio wisdom. I have a super fun show for you guys tonight. My guest is Dave Pounder, male porn star. But before we get any further than that, I want to talk about last show with uh, Charlotte Kemp, Miss December 1982. Can I tell you bucket list item checked off? How long have I wanted to meet and talk to a Playboy Playmate? Well, you know, since I was like 12 years old. And then after I posted the show, she actually called me to ask me some, well, techie nerdy questions about how to get the podcast up on her blog and that sort of thing. But it was still great having a Playboy Playmate give me a call on the phone. Straight dude's dream come true. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. On to the new show. I do need to warn you guys. I am talking to a male porn star who wrote a book called Obscene Thoughts, a Pornographer's Perspective on Sex, Love, and Dating. Obviously some... Risque subjects and adult language are brought up through the uh, through the podcast. I need to warn you out front. If you got kids in the car, if you're not uh, you know hip to that sort of language, or if you're related to me, you may not want to listen. I'm just saying. But if you can look past all that stuff, I think we have a really good show for you. This is a really long episode. We're going to break it up at the very end of the show. I'm going to be joined by two guests. In fact, it's going to be two females. One. If you listen to my former show, Awkward Apocalypse, you'll know her as New Girl. That's right. That is my girlfriend, current girlfriend. Uh, Give it time. I'm sure I could piss her off the next day or so, and she'll leave me. I'm good at that. The other one is my best friend. Her name is Deanna. And the reason I have both these girls on the show is because I feel like they represent each end of the sexual spectrum. Let me clarify. New Girl, as I like to call her on all my podcasts. Not so, uh, you know, out there with the sexual thing. Deanna, on the other hand, knows what she likes and went out and got it. And look, this is not a judgment call. This is uh, in no way any sort of, uh, what do they call it, slut shaming. Not at all. I'm all for it. I don't think guys should be the only ones that are allowed to go out there and, and, uh, you know, get them some, if you will. So anyways, at the end of the show, they'll be joining me to talk about things Dave said, topics he brought up, topics in his book. I really want to get either side of the spectrum's perspective. And of course, I feel like I represent the middle as well as a person with a penis. So I think we'll have a nice little roundtable discussion at the end. It should be a really good pod. At least I hope it will be. You guys can be the judge of that. Let me know. Uh, but without any further ado, I am being joined by Dave Pounder, author. Of obscene thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating, which of course you can get on Amazon by clicking through our banner, and the creator of Risky Business, a look inside America's adult film industry. Dave, thank you so much for spending time with me on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining. A lot of questions, a lot of questions from the listeners. As soon as you say I'm having a porn star on the show, people, oh, okay, we got questions.
1: Ask away. Yeah. Let's get well, the questions. Bring yeah, them on.
0: Of course. We want to get into uh, your career as a as an adult actor. But first, I'll tell everybody, he did write the book, Obscene Thoughts, A Pornographer's Perspective of Sex, Love, and Dating. And in, this is actually what caught my eye more than the fact that you're a porn star. And we'll talk about the book in a second. But you talk about uh, why men should be able to cheat and women should be okay with that and the relationship differences between men and women. And I think that's super interesting. And my girlfriend definitely had a lot of questions to Tell me throw in there. So I think it's going to be good. Right um, on, right on. Yeah, so let's start off with, with your uh, your career as an actor, if you don't mind. Um, in the book, you said you had a great family life growing up. Yeah. And that your parents were normal, and, and that was that was yeah. all good. So what were they thinking when you got into the porn industry?
1: Well, they weren't happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I, t- I talked to my mom. You know, I called my mom maybe once a week or every really other week. So, you know, I I'd, I'd, uh, shot my first scene, and, uh, you know, I didn't tell her, like, Beforehand, hey, I'm going to go shoot a scene. That, I, I think it, was, it happened relatively quickly. I think like, I think I, I met a guy at a swing club who um, knew this production manager guy. I think that was like on a Friday, right? And then like, so I'm at the swing club on the Friday, and then like on you know Saturday, the guy calls me back because he he got the guy's personal number. And then I think, oh, we're shooting on Tuesday. Why don't you come to? I think I shot the scene on Tuesday. I mean, like it's just as an extra. And then on Wednesday, I. I Pretended that the director at that shoot wanted me to go and get tested and go to this agent, and then I had that shoot. I think like two days later, so like, it's not like I had time to even tell my mom that I was, or you know, that I was going to go to this uh, porn shoot. But when I did speak right. to her, and she's like, uh, "Hey, you know, like, what'd you do this week?" I'm like, "Oh, I shot a porn." She's like, not Funny really. We should do? ask. I shot a porn. She's like, "No, come on, stop being stupid. What'd you do?" <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "I shot a porn." And she's like, "What am I going to tell the neighbors?" I'm like, "Tell them I shot a porn. I don't care, <laughs> you know." And uh, she was, your mom's religious, so she wasn't all. Happy about it. I'm like, mom, listen. It, otherwise, I go to the bar, you know, I try to meet a girl, I try to have sex with a girl, like I spend money, like she might not have sex with me. Like, like, it just, porn just made sense. I'm like, you know, like if you're a hunter, right, and you got to go buy ammunition and buy a gun and go out and buy hunting camouflage clothes and then get in your truck and go out there and then go hide in the, in the woods all day, you might not even hunt anything. And you're like, well, that sucks, right? Or someone's like, look, want some, we're going to pay you to eat the deer. It's like, <laughs> It's a no-brainer, right? Sit out there, and maybe like so. To me, like as a young guy at the time, like I think twenty-three, twenty-four. Like, you know, I'm like, dude, somebody wants to pay me to have sex with attractive women. Like, it, to me, that was a no-brainer, like a no-brainer at all. Like, so I I jumped into it. My dad just thought it was kind of funny, but I, was, I started doing it part time um, while I was working at a bank. And uh, after like two years at the bank, I'm like, uh, I have too much work now. I can't like keep taking these sick days and like looks too <laughs> suspicious. Uh, so then I quit the bank. And then when I quit the bank, that's when my dad was kind of like upset because, you know, my dad's a big corporate guy and he was like, I want my money back for grad school because like I loan – I had an interest-free grad school loan from him. Oh, OK. And uh, I uh, – but I made so much money between the bank and the porn that I was like, whatever. I just wrote him a check. <laughs> And uh, you know he's my dad's he's you know he's a fair-minded guy like he's like all right you know, my dad's very uh, incentives-based like an like an economist he's like all right well I'm gonna make him pay back you know forty thousand dollars in student stuff tuition right so I'm like so if I've, so he's like hey if he's willing to write a check for forty grand you know let him do his thing like <laughs> so he's very rational in that sense um you know uh but I love it I mean I'm I, I can not I mean it, it was a great experience you know like a lot of people get out of porn and they say negative things I think that, I think they say negative things because they have to. Like if they want to get a job somewhere, like they have to, you know, get a girlfriend or they have to go, oh, God, it was really a bad decision. Like, I'm like, no, it was great. Like I loved it. I'm like, I would do it all over again. You know, like yes. <laughs> people are taken aback when I say that. But I'm like, look, I traveled around the world. I had sex with a bunch of different women, like all over, like different nationalities. It was like I got paid well. I traveled. It was like I got to sleep in every day, wearing my shorts and sandals. Like it sounds sure like life. Yeah, it beats the bank. It's like I don't sure. care why everybody like didn't – uh just why society more generally doesn't see why that would just be awesome. <laughs> you know, but I don't know.
0: And, and one thing people might want to know that makes this story even better is that you actually have a bachelor's degree in finance.
1: Yeah. That's so how I ended up at the bank. I had a bachelor's degree in business information systems. And then, uh, and then after porn, like, well, let's just say mid porn. I kind of, t- I met this girl and, uh, you know, we kind of fell in love, and then we got engaged. And then I was like, "Well, I can't really do porn if I'm like <laughs> with this girl." So like, I ended up going to a PhD program at Indiana University, and it was, you know, I went from LA to Indiana University, so it was like so cold and it was so boring. And I'm like, "All right, the program's cool, but like, I can't just live on the campus." I mean, like, it was just so redneck backwards outside of Bloomington that I'm like, "All right, screw this." So then I, I was renting out my condo in uh, California. These Google people. And uh, so I went down to Miami, and I'm like, I'll just hang out in Miami then until their lease is up, you know. So I went down to Miami, and then I got back into the porn, um, because I broke up with the girlfriend because she wanted to have babies. Or the fiance, I should say, because she wanted babies. I just never wanted kids, you know. And like I I knew she would hate me. Like if she didn't have kids and stayed with me, I know that she would end up resenting me. And I didn't want her to resent me later because children was something she always really, really wanted. And I knew that I never did, you know. And Mm -hmm. I got a vasectomy when I was like 23. Like I knew that. I tried to get one at 18. I'm like, I don't want kids. Like to me, I saw kids as like, I mean, I love kids. I love kids. Like I like boats and big houses. Like they're awesome, but I just don't want one for me you know I don't want to pay the docking fee I don't want to pay the the gas for the boat I don't want to <laughs> fix the boat I don't want to maintain the boat I don't want to heat a huge house I don't want to you know put furniture in the whole house it's just I'd rather just have a like a condo and just buy you know one bed instead of five beds for the five bedroom house you know um so to me like kids were cool like I like other people's kids cuz you can kind of hang out with them and you can you can kind of like you know Guide them in life, you know, oh, I like this girl, I like this guy or, you know, like I want to go to college or what should I major in? You know, like like it's cool. Like there's this there's this neat little giving back to, you know, society thing that goes with hanging out with kids. But it's like, you know, the minute they get in trouble with the law or like they get in the drugs, not my problem. <laughs> like you guys work out on a beach.
0: There's a time limit on them.
1: Absolutely. No, it's great, but I love I mean, I'm telling you, like I, I never wanted kids, but I love kids, you know. It's like it's, but, you know, I never wanted a dog, but I like I mean, I love dogs. I don't want a dog. You gotta wake up every morning otherwise he'll poo in your house. You know right. what I mean? Like so I don't know, like I can't complain, man. Life's life's good.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. Um, going back to, to starting off in the industry, what were there any qualifications where it's like, Hey man, show up. You you got a good <laughs> no, size well, unit on you. I mean what
1: happened was I was at a swingers club. And uh, I was hooking up with this, w- this guy's wife on a couch, and I didn't—you know—I was kind of new to the whole swinger. Pr- I didn't know how it worked. Like, I didn't realize that like people talk for a while and they get a room, or like they leave and go back to their house. I was just <clears throat> so excited to get laid that I'm like, all right, screw it, right here, let's do it right here on the couch. <laughs> and uh, and then everybody was watching. I didn't care. And then this guy was, I guess, scouting for one of the. Uh, he was actually scouting for couples to for this. Uh Wildlife Video had a had a porn series called Screw My Wife, like Screw My Wife One, Screw My Wife Two. You know, like how <laughs> you know, porn works is like Horny Girls Volume 47. So, you know, I think they were on like number sixteen or something, I don't remember. And uh
0: You know what you're getting.
1: Yeah, and the guy was like, Hey, have you thought about, you know, being in a movie? And I'm like, Why me? He's like, Well, you're having sex in front of everybody, you don't seem to care. That's what we need for porn. And I'm like, <laughs> sure i'm like i'll totally do it you know and then I, but what they wanted to do was first just use me as an extra so i was basically going to play a husband like pretend i was a husband and i was watching my wife have sex with uh, a, a real porn guy and uh i'm like yeah whatever you know so i get to set and the girl wanted, was in the me too and she's like the girl who's playing my wife's like can i have sex with you too i'm like absolutely and then the other guy's like well that's the director and the director's like are you tested i'm like what do you mean tested? Because like, you know in porn everybody has to get tested every thirty days
0: with these right.
1: for the test. I'm like I went to my regular doctor like six months ago I was fine, but <laughs> so I couldn't do it. But I ended up networking all over the set and getting everybody's number. And how they you know finding out how do you get into it, how does it work, blah blah blah. They told me about agents and testing and all this. So I just collected all these names and then when I got home I basically called the agent and just pretended that the director who never said this, but I was just like. Yeah, you know, uh Bobby who's dead now, you know, Bobby Rinaldi told me to call you. I guess he wants to use me in a movie and I have to call you to get in a book and get tested or something. <laughs> like pretending that I was like completely stupid, even though I knew exactly what to do. And he's like, Oh, okay, we'll come in, you know, and I went in, they took some photos, they put me in a book that all the producers get to see. And then I started getting calls from producers, uh, to do movies, and that's kinda how I got into the business. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: so crazy. Um I think we we kinda touched on it. All guys always wanted to be in porn like as a teenage boy, what's better than being a dude in porn? Absolutely. Is it as awesome as we all think it is, or is it kind of like? Well, a, it used uh... to be.
1: It, it used to be awesome. It, it's kind of like you know, like when you start a job at a really small company and everybody's really cool, and then all of a sudden they grow to a certain point, and then they get a human resources department and everything starts to suck. <laughs> it's like nice. now you have policies and dress codes, and you know you can't do this and sign this on release and you know it's just I don't know. It's it's. What happened was when when I first got in the porn, it was cool. It was like guy, girl, do your thing. Just give me three positions, and the, and the director would be like guy, arm, meaning move your arm, <laughs> <Don't go laughs> your, your legs in the way. Like, and then what happened was when it got so competitive with so many people getting in the business, it was like the qual the content quality really mattered. So they went on really good lighting, really good. So you couldn't just shoot now. You have to open up for the shot. I can't see open up more. Like, you know, it was like hang from this light and do this, and it was always like more and more technical to shoot and then it became what used to be like like pretend that you are hired to drive a ferrari around town and then you're doing a ferrari commercial or something right that's the porn. Mm-hmm. Like, oh isn't it cool to drive these nice cars but back in the day you would just drive your ferrari and while you're driving the guy would say oh arm left because it was blocking like the, the shot of the steering wheel that they wanted to get and it wasn't a big deal right. now it's like Okay, get in the Ferrari. All right, approach it again. Okay, now approach it from the left. All right, now go back. All right, open the door. Okay, now go. Now come around and open the door again. All right, now you're in. I turn on the car and back out. All right, and I come in. Now back out and go the other way. Like, it's very technical. Like, it's not like this nice smooth motion. But at the very end, the editors put it all together. So the editors are like, you know, it looks like one nice seamless transition, but they took the best shot from each sequence but it was kind of I did a mainstream stuff before in the past and that was so boring it took like 8 hours to shoot like 15 minutes of footage
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, and it's like you know in porn it became like I mean not nearly that bad but like where you would shoot a movie and like you know the whole scene in like you know 40 minutes it became like 2 hours you know like and it was just like ugh
0: Um, does that take you out of the mood? yeah is that kind of hard to to stay in that moment?
1: It's kinda like this. Like here's the analogy. Let's say you're hungry and you go to the food place, right? So you go to like McDonald's, as you say to make it easy, or Carls Jr. if you're (laughs) and uh, you go in there and you know, you order your six dollar burger meal or whatever they call it over there, and you get your burger and your fries and stuff, and then like you sit down and you wanna eat. You're like, let's start eating, right? But no, the director says, Eat a fry. So you eat one fry and the meal's in front of you. And now you gotta hang out for like thirty seconds. Okay. (laughs) Now eat another fry. And you're like, all right, this is annoying. Can I just eat all the – no, no. Hold on. I need more light. Okay. Now you're chewing the fry. Okay, wait. Spit the fry out because we don't like the way you put that fry in. Now take another fry. And then, after like 10 minutes, you're really not that hungry anymore. I mean you didn't eat the meal. Maybe you had like 30 – like I don't know, 12 fries. But those 12 fries kind of filled you up because it's been like 30 minutes while you ate the 12 fries. You know how <laughs> they say like when you eat, you should eat till you're like 80 percent full? Right. Because then your body can- – it's kind of like that. Like when you're eating one fry, every Take like
0: small bites. Minutes. Eat slow.
1: Eventually, you don't even want the burger because you're full, right? So it's like you get this thing where you're like, wow, this girl's beautiful, and then she starts blowing you, and then it's like, okay, cut. <laughs> and then after a while, you're like, oh, geez, seriously? Like, then you just want to. After a while, like, can we just go home? <laughs> you know. But it's it's um, you know, the joke that we used to say in porn is well, it beats any other job. I mean, I'm what, what am I complaining about? I have to wait, you know, two minutes between getting blown again versus you know, writing a TPS report. <laughs> you know, like so. It beats the alternative, you know. But the thing is, is like right around 2008, I think, is when these tube sites and these torrent sites all started flooding the market. Yeah. And porn, And that's what really killed the industry in the sense that, you know, people weren't paying for porn. So um, it really – a lot of players just decided to stop producing, myself included. I mean I had my own production company. And then when I saw that like you know sales were declining and stuff because people were getting free content, I was like, well – I still shot as as a producer for other companies. I wouldn't own the content. I'd just be paid a fee to shoot it, or I still perform as a performer in other people's movies. You know, um, and then right around 2010, I pretty much got out completely <clears throat> because it was like you know there was just nobody was hiring. I mean, you know, it was like mm-hmm. such a small niche of people that were still around. A lot of these big companies kind of consolidated. This company called uh, Mind Geek, I think it is, came in and like bought up everybody. And they were called something before that out of Canada. I can't believe Brazzers. Um mm. yeah, Brazzers Parent Company, what what was it called? Uh, I don't remember. But um some company out of Montreal and they basically bought up all these huge they bought up Wicked Pictures, they bought up um I think Digital Playground, Playboy, I think they bought I don't know. They bought a bunch of the big wow. players and really consolidated um
0: So where is the money in porn now?
1: There is no money in porn. I mean well, it's kinda like saying this like think of porn as like in the old days. Let's assume that there's no municipal water system. Okay, all you have to do, all you can buy, is bottled water. Just bottled water to shower, to brush your teeth, to do the dishes, do the laundry, pouring bottled water. Right? Like mm-hmm. bottled water is a great industry to be in. Right? Yeah. Like then what happens is they come in, they put in a, mun- a municipal tap system. Now you get all your water for dirt cheap. Like that's the free porn. That's like U porn and porn tube and everyone's like, I don't need to buy a bottle of water anymore. I can just shower with tap water. I can use laundry with tap water. I can do dishwasher with tap water. But there are still people who buy bottled water, right? If you're going to go out like kayaking, or you're going to go running, you know, you, you some people like me have a Brita filter, so I still don't use, that, or <laughs> I still don't use uh, the bottles. But there are people who buy. There's still a, a business for it, and that's sort of the business that's left. Is a certain person that just doesn't want to go to a tube site. Once everything categorized, they they know what type of content they want. Particularly if it's niche content, like if you're into like really old grandma girls, right? You can you not going to sit there and like, yeah, like scour a tube site for grannies. When it's going to be like one percent, where you can go to hornygrannies.com com or whatever your fetish is, you know what I mean, and and just have a, a membership there and have sort of niche content tailored to what you want. Um, they're saying the future of porn is really three D now, like three D porn and like sort of this virtual sex stuff, like like a uh, virtual reality, you know, like and yeah. you can. And the thing is for that, and that's a whole different ballgame now because now you're talking about a huge cost to entry. Like back in the day, you could just buy a video camera. You could probably buy like you know. 10,000 worth of equipment, $10,000. Right. Start shooting movies. You know, like now, if you're going to get into like virtual reality and all this, I mean, it's going to be a much higher cost. You know what I mean? And so that's where they're saying the future is 3D and virtual reality. But, you know, so, to me, I, got, I mean, I got out, you know, many years ago. And it's like, I mean, if, if, if everything came back to how it was, I would definitely jump back in. But it's, uh, it's out with the old. It's like the VHS tapes. It was good to be in the VHS tape business when VHS came around. But then when the DVD came out, it's like, who makes VHS tapes anymore, right? And that, and even today, who makes DVDs anymore with all the video-on-demand stuff? So,
0: Yeah. I heard – I mean, this is totally off topic. I heard the other day that they were offering Kylie Jenner like $10 million to do a porn now. Yeah,
1: but, but <laughs> we got to remember, if Kylie Jenner were to do a porn – you already have this huge uh, marketing base behind it. You're going to sell millions and millions of copies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or any celebrity. You know, if George Clooney does a porn. Like, but the thing is, is if you just make a regular porn, you find two people at your local supermarket and nobody knows, and you make a porn, nobody's going to buy it. <laughs> nobody cares. And like, you and even if it's a niche, maybe the girl's Asian and it's an Asian girl niche. I mean, you can get Asian girls on on Pornhub. Like, you don't know I mean it doesn't matter. So, it's um, you know, for anybody thinking of getting into the business, like, like don't wait your time like i mean if it was viable i would still be in it myself you know and i and i come from 10 years of experience in the business so it's like you know i have a leg up on, than everybody else you know but it, the people that are doing 3d and and virtual i mean they'll will be money there for sure yeah you know and there's still money in the, in the online dating sites like if you're doing like adult friend finder or some of these niche like sex dating sites kind of like the match.com but for hooking up like uh-huh. you can't replicate that for free i mean you have craigslist casual encounters but like you never know what you're getting there <laughs> that's shady you know yeah, but I mean like, you know, um so you know, the the guys that are doing like Adult Friend Finder and those lifestyle type sites, um, you know, there's money there. Yeah. Uh you know, but again, that's a that's a large cost to entry with uh programming costs and marketing costs. to get no one's gonna join your site unless you have a lot of other members, you know. So the established players like Adult Friend Finder are are better. But I think you're seeing like, you know, you had a really fragmented industry, now you're gonna have a few really big players like MindGeek and a couple other people like Hustler and you know a handful of others that'll it'll be more like an oligopoly. Um, and it, people don't care about porn anymore. Like back in the day it was like taboo, right? Now sex is so mainstream, which is great. You know, like nobody cares. It's like why make porn when your neighbor will have sex with you. Right.
0: You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> I saw this this funny cartoon it said like first date and it said like 1995 and there was like a guy like on his knees, like with a, with a with like flowers for the girl. It's a two thousand five. There was a girl on her knees giving a blowjob. It's like, you know, <laughs> this is how dating has changed. And it's true. I mean, even today, like for me, like if I go on a date, like I tell girls, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'll, I talk to them, and I'm like, listen, why don't you just come over? We'll we'll hook up, and then we'll go do something. And and many girls do. Wow. Many girls I've never met in my life that I meet on a regular dating site like OKCupid okay or Plenty of Fish, I'll call them up, I'll talk, we'll have a conversation like we're having now, and I'll be like, listen, what's the point of like, you know, I date girls because I'm in the girls, not guys. Like, why don't we just get to know each other, come over, we'll knock it out, you know, like have fun, <laughs> and then we'll go do stuff. And then, we'll have, and then when we come home, we'll have even more lovey dovey sex later. And
0: It's like the ultimate have, icebreaker.
1: Yeah, it is. It's exactly. It's like, because when I go out with a girl normally, like, I'm thinking, okay, she's cute, look at her boobs. Like, I would like to have sex with her. Right. And I'm kinda of like courting in a way that like I don't really want to do, but it's kinda of like a cost of doing business. But like now there's so many girls that'll just hook up with you. Like casual sex is so acceptable now that it's like it's great. And the thing is, is, it's not like I'm this guy that just wants to get laid. Like like I'll meet the girl, she'll come over, we'll have sex, and then we'll do stuff. We'll go to the beach, we'll go get something to eat, we'll hang out, I'll call her the next day, we'll we'll stay in touch. Like this girl today, she came over this morning. I've known her for maybe a little over a month now, you know, and that was a deal. I'm like, listen, we talked on the phone, I'm like, meet me at Starbucks. We we'll talk for five minutes. You'll know because we already talked on the phone. I'm like, if you're into me, you're into me. If you're not, you're not. And we had one cup of coffee. I'm like, you good? She's like, I'm good. Went back to my place. We had awesome sex, and then we hung out all day. And then I'm still talking to her. Like, we still hang out and we do stuff. So it's not like, you know, people who do this just want to get laid and that's the end of it. You know, it's just it's just reverse dating. Instead of doing all the courting and then you have sex, you get sex out of the way and then you do all the other stuff that just builds the. Uh, the relationship. I I'm not saying I don't think this is really the norm right now. I mean, I just do that because I understand human sexuality really well and I know how to what to say and how to swing it to make it happen. But <laughs> you're definitely seeing um, a trend toward, you know, open relationships and casual sex and polyamory. You know, if I'm on a dating site like okay, Cupid, and I see a profile and I click on personality and in any way the profile says less sex driven, I just I just shut it out. I'll be like, "All right, next." You know, like people need to be more open-minded about sexuality and that's what you're seeing we got gay marriage now which is great mm-hmm. um, you know in the u.s and you're starting to see more and more um people being comfortable with their sexuality which is awesome
0: so that leads me right to my next question civilian quote-unquote civilian sex not boring for you
1: no not at all Listen, I, I tell girls sex is like pizza like <laughs> you know what i mean like there's no bad pizza it's like you know, you might have a memorable pizza here and there, but it's like you know, it's uh, listen. If I haven't had pizza in a week and, you, and I go to Domino's or just some regular pizza place, it's good. It tastes great. Like just because I had pizza in Italy like two years ago, you know, or I was a pizza critic, doesn't make pizza not taste good. Like, I mean, if you're a straight man, you desire women, you know. It, no, I mean it's fine. I mean, but the thing is, like, I weed out the conservative girls. Like, if I say to a girl on the phone, listen, like come over we'll have sex then we'll hang out like you know most girls are going to be turned off by that yeah those are the girls that i want to date anyway so who cares you know what i mean like and then the ones that are okay with it we do it we hang out and then we have a good relationship i, I find the bigger issue is then those girls most women eventually all want monogamy they want a they want a committed relationship and they want and, and i mean i like that the idea of love and you know, i've been in love many times not many times maybe like three but still you know and and you know um I'm just I'm just not interested in sexual monogamy. Like I'm emotionally monogamous. You know, mm-hmm. like I can be one girl and say, Listen, I have to go on a trip, I wanna bring you. You know, I want to go to a party, I wanna bring you, I wanna go to the beach, I wanna bring you. But I still want to have sex with other girls, you know, and it's like and it's such an enjoyable experience to do that. I think most guys kind of see that as a no brainer, but so many are limited, you know, and I and I never really understood why girls care. It's like like, like a lot of gir- girls will be like, why does he have to cheat? I'm like, well, why do you care if he cheats? I mean, yo, know he wants to. So like, why don't you just let him? Like, if he's gonna come back to you, like, why would you? If, if my girlfriend really wants pasta, I'm like, have some pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> just you know, come back. every when you get back from the Olive Garden, and come back home. Like, you know. So I, I think a lot of women don't understand male sexuality. So they think, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't desire multiple partners unless there was something wrong with the relationship. So therefore since you desire multiple partners, there must be something wrong with the relationship. And it's not the case for guys. I mean, there are guys who aren't happy in a relationship and they have an affair, affair, you know, but the guys who are just, you know, go out of town and get an escort or hook up with their secretary on lunch or something. Cause it's fun. You know, like it's, uh, they're not necessarily unhappy in their relationships.
0: That kind of leads into the book. So before we get to the book, I want to rapid fire a couple, uh, uh, fan que- or listener questions at you, if you don't mind. Right. Um, The first one the listener asks, when did you lose your virginity?
1: Oh, you know, it's funny. So I went to an all-guys Catholic high school, and I met my first girlfriend in college at orientation. And I knew nothing about interacting with girls. I go from, like, nothing to everything. And there was this girl, Michelle, that I had a crush on. And um, Michelle actually liked me too, but I was too much of a wuss to make a move. Mm-hmm. And Michelle and I would walk to this thing and then Michelle would literally grab my hand while we were walking. I mean, granted, this is a girl I like and I want to be with, right? Right. And she we're walking, she grabs my hand. Okay. We go walking, we we sit down and with this other couple, even though we weren't a couple, and the other couple's making out and Michelle lies her head her her head in my lap and I do nothing. And we go to a movie theater, and she takes <laughs> my hand. And she's probably thinking, what, is this guy gay? Is he not interested? I'm thinking, I like this girl so much. And anyway, so the thing is, I didn't say anything because I didn't know anything about girls. And then she eventually gets a boyfriend. And then I, I tell her how I feel like three months later, which is already you know in the relationship with the girlfriend. i like, why didn't you tell me sooner? And then she felt bad. But she was already in with the new guy. But the whole time, I had this girl, Leslie, who was like my best friend. And I was telling Leslie all about Michelle and and begged leslie not to say anything and then eventually i just said leslie why don't we just we should just have sex and she was kind of taken aback and then eventually we agreed to have sex it was like a a strategic decision i'm like i need to lose my virginity it should be with you because i know you (laughs) so i was actually like night i was 19 when i lost my virginity um and i was Mm -hmm. with leslie for six years um after that
0: wow yeah um (laughs) another listener question what's the grossest thing that ever happened to you on set
1: Oh, that's a good question. So, I was basically, I don't do anal. I'm not into anal. I did one anal shoot. It wasn't a scheduled anal shoot. The girl was Lainey Barbie, Vivid's contract girl. And I was doing a scene with her. And uh, she was like, let's do anal. I'm like, I don't do anal. She's like, I want to do anal. I was like, why don't you do anal? Well, I love anal. I'm like, "I'm like, well, ask me in the middle of the shoot. Maybe I'll change my mind. And sure enough, in the middle of the shoot, I'm like, ah, what the hell. let do the anal. And, I, and the camera guy comes right to my face. I've never seen the video. It's called, uh, I think it's called Heaven. No, no. I think it's called Heaven. Yeah, Heaven. Vivid video. Um, Heaven, or maybe that was the Hustler video. I don't remember. I, it was definitely the vivid video with Laney Barbie. If you do like a Laney Barbie Dave Pounder scene, Google that or something.
0: Yeah.
1: I want to say it was called Heaven. I never saw it, you know. And other, I, allegedly, I've had anal sex with other girls. I didn't know it because it was dark. And I'm like, I'm, I'm having sex with them. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go turn on the light. It's like, uh, I don't think you want to turn on the light. I'm like, why not? It's like, I thought you didn't like anal. I'm like, oh, with? So, uh, you know, I don't know. Apparently, uh, I've maybe had anal sex once voluntarily (laughs) uh, with Laney Barbie and then three times with civilian chicks that I didn't even realize I was having anal sex with because it was dark, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Um, But, I mean, that's, you know, four total people out of like, you know, over a thousand different girls I've probably had sex with. Um, Now, so the grossest thing was I met Bang Bros. I'm directing for Bang Bros, and I'm the director of this site called Newbie Black, and it's a it's a POV shoot, which means I'm the director, but I'm holding the camera. The girls having sex with me, right. so we would interview these new hot looking black girls, and we'd be like, "Hey, you want to do porn?" Blah blah blah, and then like you know they would like be blowing me. I'd be holding the camera, and, and we'd do the shoot. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so there was this girl, I forget her name, but she um, she only does anal. She doesn't do vaginal because she wants to say she's a virgin. Sort of, sort of, <laughs> whatever, whatever the logic is, right? So I'm do it and the guy was like and the main guy at bang bros is like well then i guess we need to find another director i'm like i guess you do i didn't care i'm like i always i will never do anything on camera i don't do in my personal life so um i'm like whatever and then everyone there was like oh shit because i was getting a lot of work with bang bros and uh so anyway so so i call uh they use kevin one of the guys i like to hire a lot uh when i'm shooting other guys is talent and uh so kevin comes in great guy great performer and so kevin's doing the shoot he's doing the anal scene with with this girl and like all of a sudden i'm like what is that smell and i see like this brown juice coming out ass and down it and i was like gross and i'm thinking like if that was me i would have been like oh like i mean (laughs) it was just i was like to me that was like just gross that now i'm also i'm not into fluids like i was you know this whole squirting thing was kind of new to me till i got to porn and like I'm having sex with this girl, and again, I don't remember her name. And like, she's she's going to town, and all of a sudden, she's I'm like, ah, like, you just, pe-. I like pushed her off because like, like, you just peed on me. She's like, that's not pee. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm not into the whole fluids. You know, like, I'm a very, for someone who's very sexually open, like me, like, I'm not in the weird stuff. I'm not tying people up. I'm not, like, Getting into like weird outfits, I'm like, I'm just a regular guy with a healthy sex drive. You know, I want to have regular, just boy-girl vaginal sex. I don't want anal sex, no sex, ear sex. You know, like any place that's not supposed to go, I'm not really into. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but I would say that's probably <laughs> yeah. But the but the the anal one was definitely, I think, the the grosser of the of the two.
0: Yeah, know? yeah. Pooh bullet dodged on your hand.
1: Yeah, it, it was. Yes, I mean. <laughs> It was good times, though.
0: <laughs> Someone else wants to know what technique do you use to stay hard and to also not finish quickly.
1: Well, the not finishing quickly, a lot of times, if you're, I've noticed, is if you're having sex with a girl and you're about to come, if you look in the corner of the room where all the walls come together, mm-hmm. like where the three, like you know, the ceiling and then the two uh, adjacent walls come together, right? It just does something with your brain that makes you like not like it takes you out of the whole like it's kind of like doing math in your head like so <laughs> i used to do math i'm like all right 14 times two carry the one like I'll you know i mean that. like while i'm having sex to, to try to not uh climax too soon um but yeah i mean it's just it's just you hone your skill with time you I know mean, i was first scene i failed completely and it couldn't even get hard second third scene i was you know barely there as well and then you know <laughs> you just you just learn your body and you know what works and I learned that I can't get hard if I'm standing up when I start. So, if the girl's going to blow me, I have to be sitting down. I can't be standing up. I can't be in a cold room or underneath a blowing fan. And I can't have people watching that, that aren't supposed to be there. So, they could be 100 people in the room, but if they all have a purpose. This is the agent. That's her boyfriend. That's the talent scout. That's fine. But if the lawnmower guy comes by, or like somebody's <laughs> walking by, and I'm like, because then I'm thinking, am I pissing them off? Are they going to call the police? Like, are we offending anybody? Then it messes with those are the three things that mess with my wood. So, as long as like the curtains are closed, so only the people that are there are seeing, um, and, um, you know, as long as I'm sitting down to start, um, and that the room isn't cold and there isn't a fan blowing on me, then I'm pretty much, uh, good to go. And then, you yeah, I would eat a light meal. You know, I learned to eat something really light, like a bottle. I have like a, bo- I used to have a bottle of water, an MN, M&M, like a peanut m and a whatchamacallit. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> that was my pre scene, uh, Breakfast, and then when I was done, you know, because I wanted to be light so I could do my thing. And then when I was done eating or done with the scene, then I would go eat a big meal. I'd be like, All right, let's go to like, you know, Norm's, you know, in LA, Norm's, yeah, Diner Man, that was like the better Denny's, you know,
0: two Um, bucks for way too much food.
1: Oh, so good, but uh, I mean, I I miss Norm's and Carlos Jr., (laughs) but uh, (laughs) you know, so I would do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's what it is. I mean, you have to just. That's what that's what it takes. It's like saying, so Michael Jordan, what what makes you jump so high? It's like, what do you do to jump so high? It's like he's just naturally able to do that. Like when I worked for Bang Bros, you know, we we had uh, ads in the papers and stuff to find guys sometimes for sites, and we'd have like two hundred guys come in, and maybe maybe five could do it. Like, you know, like you'd get you get a hundred and ninety that would just pet that couldn't do even just self stimulation, the hard stay long enough to take a picture, and then when you tried the ten of them, maybe half of them would fail. So maybe five will do it, and then you'll lose another three along the way for something else, you know, and then you're left with two out of 200, you know? So it's very difficult to find guys that can stay, that can get hard, stay hard and then come on command. But for me, I was always able to do that. So, um, I had a nice little staying power, you know?
0: Yeah. And so I guess no public sex for you then.
1: Uh, no, no, you know, well, it depends. Like in other words, like we'll do stuff where like they'll rent out the whole hotel. Right. And like then I don't care because everybody's there. They don't. They know. They know what the purpose is. Or like
0: right.
1: I, I actually I just had sex with uh, the German diplomat girl the other day in her yesterday actually in her pool, you know. And there were people hots <laughs> up nearby, but but I was making sure like where's the cameras so they can't see the camera angles not on us. And then literally like right after I came like the security guard of the development was like walking by. I'm like oh shit. Like my 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 bathing suit was still halfway off my leg. I'm like put <laughs> yours back on like. And I told her like even when we we're having sex in the pool I'm like. I'm not holding it out. I'm going to come as soon as I can. And I'm glad I did because otherwise the uh, security guy would have caught us. You know,
0: That's funny. Um, do you still have Dave Pounder Productions? Is that still going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what happens is is Dave Pounder uh, – the analogy I use is this. Think of Coors Brewing Company, right? They're an alcohol company. Let's say all of a sudden Coors Brewing says, you know, there's no more money in alcohol. They're yeah. giving free alcohol, so now we're going to make orange juice.
0: I wish. So
1: so know. but but Coors Brewery says, you know what, why would we spend the money to rebrand ourselves and and get all this new documentation? We're just gonna still be coors and we're gonna make orange juice. So like even though Dave Pine Productions st- stopped making adult movies, I mean we stopped producing our own movies around two thousand eight, stopped producing movies for other people, I think around two thousand ten. Now I'm doing mainstream projects. I have the book "Obscene Thoughts: A Pornographer's Perspective on Sex, Love, and Dating" obscenethoughts.com, and then I have the uh, documentary "Risky Business: A Look Inside America's Adult Film Industry," which is riskybusinessthemovie.com. Both of these projects are done under Dave Pounder Productions, but they're mainstream projects, they're not adult projects. So since they're active projects, I have to keep the company active. Okay. Why would I? Why would I spend money forming a new company? And rebranding everything just doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. I care. I mean, it's all I need is a company. It could be called XYZ Company for all I care. So, <laughs> but yeah, the company's so active. But, you know, once all these things are done, once all, once the, uh, I mean, the book's out, the documentary's out, I got a couple other things going on. But, like, once all that's done, maybe like in a year or two from now, then I'll dissolve the company because there'll be no, there'll be no reason for it to be around. I mean, I'm not doing any more books. I'm not doing any more documentaries. I'm definitely not producing any more content. So it's like, there's really no reason for me to even pay just to have the overhead, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of the book, let's get right into it. Um, one of the things you, you've already brought up is you were with someone for six years. Uh, you were engaged, and you say you guys broke up because uh, cause you wanted to have kids, and you didn't. In fact, you had a vasectomy. No, 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 no,
1: no. Well, sort of. All right, so um, <clears throat> the girl for six years was Leslie that I met in college. Right. And the reason we broke up is because I wanted to know what it was like to have sex with other girls, and I thought it would just be wrong to cheat on her. Um, I was engaged to a girl um, it, that I met halfway through porn. And then we moved together to Indiana when I worked on a PhD at Indiana University. And then we ended up breaking up because she wanted kids. I didn't want to have kids. So the girl I was engaged to, my fiance, we ended it because she wanted kids. I didn't. Um, and the first girl, Leslie, we ended it because I wanted to know what it was like to have sex with the girls. And I just didn't want to cheat on
0: her. Okay. So, so with the girl uh, that wanted to have the kids, uh, sure. so you guys were together how long?
1: We were together. I met her in May of 05. We got engaged in August of 05, and that was kind of strategic because I had to go to Indiana University, and she agreed to go with me. And she was kind of hinting. She was like, "You know, I wish that like I had more." I just knew you were more serious. So I'm like, "You know what?" So I so I literally proposed to her the day before we left. Um, and it was romantic what we did and stuff. But then and then what happened was uh, so she came with me. You know, we we knew we both knew the kid thing was an issue, but everything else was so compatible that we were like, we. Just kind of both ignored it, right? And then I was like, all right, like, I know that she's going to want kids, you know, pretty, like, not pretty soon, but within the next few years. And I was like, we had to have the discussion. So when I left Indiana, when I decided I wasn't going to stay in the PhD program, she was applying to all these different nursing schools. And she got into these top nursing schools, like Seattle, San Francisco, these, like, the top nursing schools in the country. Mm -hmm. And she applied to Florida just for me because she knew that I was going to go to Florida. Because I told her before I went to Indiana, I'm like, if I don't like Indiana – I'm going to go to Miami, just FYI, so you know before you make a decision to go because I don't know if it's going to like it. Yeah. Uh, so she applied to some schools in Florida. So what happened was um, she wanted to go to Tampa. She got into a school in Tampa, which was the best nursing school in Florida. And I said, I was kind of selfish. I'm like, well, I don't want to go to Tampa. I want to go to Miami. And I'm like, <laughs> well, this is a good time to talk about the kid thing because I'm never going to have kids ever. And she's like, but I can't be with someone who doesn't want to have kids. So what she should have done is went to Seattle or San Francisco, one of these really, really top, top national country or nursing school that she was admitted to, but she wanted to try to make it work. And she went to Tampa and I had went to Miami and, uh, you know, it just didn't end up working. And I felt bad because like, I mean, like she is my soulmate. Like I have no doubt, you know, that this girl is my soulmate, but I just didn't want to have kids. It's kind of like, like think of it like, let's just say that the, that the Mercedes S 400 is my soulmate car. Like that's my car. Right. <laughs> but I just don't want to spend $120,000. I'm like, that's my car. Like, that's my favorite car. I mean, if I could have any car in the world, that's the car I want. It's got everything I want. But, like, I just don't want to spend 120 grand. Like, sure. So I'm going to buy this Hyundai instead. You know, like, <clears throat> like, that's what it is. So it's like I, I want to be with her, <clears throat> but not at the cost of having kids. Not at the cost. Because there's so many unknowns with having children. Like, like, what I like about other people's kids is you can kind of pick the ones you like. So you can be like, that guy's a fan in the ass. That one's too conservative. Oh, that one's cool and funny. So I'm going to hang out with that one. You know, hey Joe, bring your kids over. You know, but like when it's your own kids, it's like you know, what if it has some deformity or Tourette's or you know, like it, it has learning, it's learning disabled, or it gets kidnapped, or it, anything bad. Like there's just so much that can go wrong. You know what I mean? Um, that I'm like. And it's so un. It's so much so much beyond my control that I'm just like I don't want I don't want to even enter into that thing. I mean, like half of my life being able to be like, all right, I'm going to quit this and do this is because I don't have a family that depends on me. You know, if I did, I'd be so much more limited in what I could do. You know, academically, professionally, etc. If I had a family, I'd be like, you know, same company thirty years. Don't upset the boss that I want to lose my job, <laughs> you know. And I don't want I don't want to live like that. I want to be able to be like this job sucks. I'm quitting, and I have to worry about how I'm going to feed two or three kids, you know.
0: So do you kind of see kids as a loss of freedom?
1: Absolutely, I see kids as an indefinite liability. I mean, I think back in the day it made sense to have kids. I mean, you had a farm, you know, like you needed kids to milk the cows, to help mow the lawn, to help. The, I mean, kids were an asset. You know what I mean? When you got older, they took care of you. Now kids are like an indefinite liability. I mean, you don't need. You know, you have the grocery store, um, you have lawn service companies that come to your neighborhood and cut your lawn for cheap because they're cutting everybody else's lawn. And when you get older, the kids will even take care of you. they put you in long-term care, nursing home. Like, <laughs> you know, there's Joey, just, there's just no reason. I mean, I, I get that women have a biological imperative to sort of reproduce, much in the same way that, you know, men have a biological imperative to have sex with everything. But like, you know, just because the biology is there, you have to understand you know why it's there and whether or not it makes sense. And uh, to me, we have seven billion people now on the planet with a B, seven billion, and the growth is exponential. If you look at a population growth chart, like first billion, second billion, third billion, like you know, to get to the first like two billion was like hundreds of thousands of years, and then from two to seven is like the last two hundred years. You know, it's like it's it's just crazy, and it's like I don't want to contribute to the problem. Like I said, it's like it's like all the animal rights people, you know, have a heart. Spay and neuter your pets and adopt because there's so many like animals that need homes. Like don't breed, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like I feel like humans should take the same approach. Like don't – why have your own kid when there's a gazillion kids that need help? You know what I mean? Like if you're going to – but I get that that there's that biology part for most women that want to experience um, childbirth. You know, like it's ingrained in them. I mean look at AIDS in Africa. Like people – are aware of AIDS in Africa and they can just say, oh, well, intellectually, I just shouldn't have sex, then I won't get AIDS. Right. But you can't tell a guy intellectually just don't have sex, much like you can't tell a woman intellectually just don't have babies because most women want to have babies. Even the ones that say they don't, they're all young. They're like 20 and they say they don't want to have kids. And then when they're 32, oh, I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> you know, it's all this BS. But you know, and a lot of women I talk to that are older, that never had babies, they still regret it. And the reason wasn't that they didn't want them; it, it was that they didn't find the right guy. I just I couldn't find a guy that I, wanted to, that I could like enough to have kids with. It wasn't like I never wanted. I haven't met a girl yet that's like fifty, that's you know, basically in menopause, that says, you know, I just didn't want to have kids, and I never did. I found the guy, he wanted them. I said, we, well, I guess, we have to break up then. You know, it's always they have them, or I couldn't find the guy, or they're infertile. You know, there was some uh, biological reason why they couldn't have them.
0: Yeah. So uh, speaking of the book, which is Obscene Thoughts: Pornographer's Perspective on Sex, Love, and Dating. So, in relation to women wanting to have kids, a quote from the book I pulled the fact that a love as strong as ours could be pulled apart by a woman's desire for children only furthers the concepts presented in this book. Uh, you know, talk about women really wanting kids, needing that, that biological need to have kids can break up even the best of relationships. Maybe can we turn that around? Can we say, hey, I'm a dude. And I can't finish having traditional sex. I've got to have blowjobs all the time. But this chick does not give blowjobs. Like, is that reason? You know, would you break up with this person? Or?
1: Well, well, first of all, I mean, it depends on the guy. I mean, that I don't really care about blowjobs. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whatever. Like, I have to have sex. Like, if a girl's right. like, listen, I blow you forever, and you can never have sex with me. I'm like, forget it. If she's <laughs> like, oh, uh, I'm never gonna blow you. I'm like, I don't really care. That's fine. Like, like, and there are the guys who are the opposite that are like. They can do without the sex, but they love the blowjob. I think what guys need is orgasm, and what they need is is oftentimes variety in orgasm. Now, it, you can't fake not having kids. I can't like tell a girl I'm giving her kids and not give her kids. I can't fake that. She right. obviously knows she doesn't have kids. But males can easily fake monogamy. They do it all day long. I mean, look at Bill Clinton. Look at it. basically, you know, most guys at some point in their relationship have cheated, and uh, especially high value guys that are tall, personable, confident, successful, et cetera. Um, so it's much easier for a guy just to say, yes, I'm faithful. And then to cheat and yeah, I was talking to this guy in the pool the other day and I was telling him like, I have the ethical issue. I tell girls, listen, I, I'm, I have no interest in being faithful. I just don't think it's natural. I think men are monogamous. There's no reason for us to be. And I give all the evolutionary explanations that are in the book. And, and the guy says to me, he's like, Dave, he's like, why do you bother telling these girls? You know, they're not going to respond. Just do what I do. Like I'm married. I cheat on my wife all the time. <laughs> he's like, and then what I do is she, she's only going to just find out what one out of a hundred times. And then you just cry and you know say beg me for forgiveness and then you move on like you know and he thinks that that that's the better route and that's what most guys do you know and it's like and you know um I just can't do that cuz I'm too ethical <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like <laughs> I'd rather just be single and just but I also say that because it's easy for me to meet girls to have sex with I mean I'm tall and I'm outgoing I have money you know like so it's not hard for me to find girls but if I were a short you know meek guy who worked at McDonald's and lived with my mother you know i might be in a different situation i mean you got to do what you got to do you got to eat right like i can go to a job interview and be like i don't want to i don't want to do that because i have money <laughs> you know what i mean it's like screw this i'll go find another job but if you're a guy who doesn't have money and you really need a job then you might you know whatever they say that's what you want to just because you need you need access to resources Yeah. I mean, think about that guy. Think about the guy who's getting out of college. You know, he's got a bunch of student debt and he wants a job at, you know, Bank of America and he's interviewing with them and they're like, uh, we require one Saturday, uh, a month.
0: Right. Are you okay
1: with that? Well, he's not really okay with that. I mean, who's okay with that? Right. Right, But he didn't say. But the guy's like, yeah, I could do that. I mean, like, and he's going to say, yeah, I like the challenge. I want to get work done. You know, he makes up some bullshit that Bank of America wants to hear, and then they hire him. If he says, I'm not interested, then they don't hire him. Right. And then he's out of luck. And then he's like, so what does he do? He just tells them that he's okay with it, even though he's not, you know? Um, and that's what a lot of guys do. Like, think about it from a market perspective. Like, let's say all the guys are competing for the attractive young women basically like the scarce attractive young women resources right so what happens if all these guys are competing for the same girl so let, let's let's narrow the population down to like 10 people so you got one girl who's hot and then you've got let's just say four guys right and then you got the other girls well, let's say they're all competing for the, for the, for the hot girl and everybody's single okay. so, so one guy is me and says listen Jennifer I mean you're hot I think you're great I'd love to go out with you but I'm going to have sex with you and the other three girls here like, just because I don't think men are monogamous, but I'll be emotionally monogamous to you. Okay. And the other three guys say, um, no, Jen, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I just want to be with one girl and build a life together with her. Like, I don't have any interest in sexual variety. Now I, my, my argument is they're lying. They're just telling her that because they know that she'll respond. So she kicks me to the curb right away because I'm the guy that told her what she doesn't want to hear, even though we all think the same. So she kicks me to the curb and then she ends up going with one of the other three guys. Then down the road one of the guy that she chose ends up having sex with one of those other girls anyways and then she finds out about it and then she kisses him at the curb and says it's not that you cheated it's that you lied It's like that's bullshit because I didn't lie she didn't pick me <laughs> you know what I mean you told she's, not up. Pick, she's not gonna pick the honest guy so so then I me as the honest guy I'm like well maybe I should just lie then because then at least I get to have sex with her until she finds out kind of like my, this guy at the pool that I was talking to um, so that's the ethical dilemma is do you tell the girl what she wants to hear? So that you can be in the running um, and then you have to deal with the ethical issues of, of cheating or do you just be straight up? Now, I can be straight up because I have uh, – I'm, sure I'm considered high value by social standards in terms of height, personality, confidence, success, social status, resources, etc. But if you're not, then you know, you're know you going to tell the girl what she wants to hear. So what happens is the three other guys tell the girl what she wants to hear and she's, pro- she's going to statistically pick the guy of the three that is the tallest, most personable, most confident, most successful – Resources, social status guy, Um, and again because she picked him, those that's the guy that most other women want. So that guy has more opportunity to cheat, which is why he's more likely to cheat. If she picks the McDonald's guy who lives with his mother, you know, then that guy probably isn't cheating, but not by choice. He just doesn't have anybody to cheat with. You know, like who wants to (laughs) cheat with him? Right. If you're a woman, you know what I mean. It's kind of like saying, if you reverse the roles and you say, let's just say that all women desire multiple partners. I mean, they don't, but let's say they do. Like everywhere we look, women are cheating with guys, like like you see now with men. And uh, you say, well, listen, uh, Roseanne Barr isn't cheating. It's like Roseanne Barr is like 50 and like 300 pounds. Like (laughs) nobody wants to have sex. Nobody wants to have sex with Roseanne Barr. Show me, you know, Claudia Schiffer not cheating or J Lo not cheating. You know. All the guys that are desirable by social standards, right? Like George Clooney. I mean, like George Clooney just got married. If he's not cheating, I I would be shocked. Like shocked. I'd be like impossible. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just a matter of time. But he, he, knowing knowing what I know about relationships, the guy probably has an open relationship, which is not publicly disclosed. But you know, he he and his wife probably have an open relationship. It's a growing thing. I mean, I think Will Smith might be in an admittedly open relationship, if I recall. I don't really follow celebrities all that much, but. Basically, the men that have the high value are the ones that are able to call the shots and they usually call the shots from their evolutionary interest, which is to have the open relationship. And the women who are of the high mate value, they're young and they're very pretty and attractive, are the ones that call the shots and they almost always call for monogamy. And you're going to notice like if you go to the swinger lifestyle, like when I was in the swingers world for a long time, that's a disproportionately wealthy community because you have you basically have all these couples that are having sex with other couples and most girls aren't cool with that. Most guys are. And that's why these guys have Ferraris and boats and yachts and jets because the girl basically puts up with it. She's like, I want to have this lifestyle, you know? So it's, uh, that's why I suggest that it's probably likely that George Clooney has an open relationship because his wife being a civil rights attorney, um, (laughs) or some, some kind of pro social attorney, yeah, you know, they probably had that discussion. He's like, "Look, I mean, I enjoy the variety. I don't want to." Sell. And she's probably like, "Look, you can do your thing. Just you know, be safe. Use a, company. you know." Like, I've noticed that amongst my successful friends is a lot of them have that relationship with their wife. You know,
0: yeah. Don't bring it. it peace, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, bringing the back around to the uh, the whole swinger thing. The one thing I've heard from the probably one person I know that's that's done that is you go to these things and the guys are all nasty for the most part and just mm-hmm. not, not attractive whatsoever. And the girls, for the most part, aren't all that great either.
1: No, the girls are hot. It depends where you – I mean, I don't know. You're in L.A., so they should be hot. Yeah, the girls are hot. I don't know what you're talking about. Like
0: This wasn't over- in L.A., though, so oh, explain it. Oh, uh, that's, that's
1: why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, is you know, what I can tell you about the swinger lifestyle is it's true that the, that the girls are usually attractive and the guys aren't, but the guys are usually and successful. And the wife is kind of the bait, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's basically a a swapping between these successful rich guys that aren't attractive, but their wives find them attractive because they know them. But the wives basically are taking one for the team so the guy can have access to the other wives, uh, and in return, she gets a certain lifestyle. Um, that's the general makeup, I think, of the adult business or the uh, swinger lifestyle. But that's not everybody. I'm generalizing. But uh, I just did a podcast earlier tonight with uh, the Swinger MILF podcast, and we talked all about the lifestyle. It's like, it was like an hour and 45-minute interview that was that was really well done. Um, and if you go to ObsceneThoughts.com, you can listen to some of my other um, – Podcast interviews uh, where we talk about like the evolutionary psychology and why that is. We talk about the market system. There's a there's a thing from the Michael Blum show where we did a lot about the market economics about like what we talked about earlier. How if there's a single girl or a single attractive girl, the guy who's going to tell her what she wants to hear is more likely to get her favor to go out on the date, so it's easier to tell her what she wants to hear. all right right, think about the job interview, right? Like you and I are applying for the same job. And someone – and they say – and the employer is stupid enough to ask you. That's why I always say that because like, the girl's stupid enough to ask you, are we a monogamous? Like you don't need to ask that. Like so th- it's stupid enough to say if you win the lottery, will you quit your job? Okay, You're at the job interview. You haven't won the lottery, right? You don't expect to win the lottery. Right. It's unlikely to win the lottery. And someone says – so you and I, we're both interviewing for a good job. Again, let's just say Bank of America is a uh, – I don't know, a credit risk vice president or something. You know, 100 and $200,000 a year salary, right? And i say, yes, I'll quit my job if I win the lottery, <laughs> right? And you say, no, you know, I really like the challenge, and I like, you know, blah, 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 blah. They're more likely to hire you, much more likely to hire you, even though, you know, the chance of us winning the lottery isn't that great. But here's the thing. Well, you know, empirically, when you look at, at research studies of people who have won the lottery, they all quit their jobs, every one of them. <laughs> they of quit, even if they love their job. And, and, now, winning the lottery is a purely financial transaction. There's no emotion attached to it, it's, it's literally here is money, right, so if all this other bullshit that people say in job interviews oh, I really like the challenge, I really like working with other people, well, why would a just an influx of money where that was the only variable removed from, from the equation cause you to leave if that wasn't the only thing that really mattered Um. so, so what happens is, they hire you because you told them that, and then let's just say you win the lottery, and then you quit and then they're like, it's not that he quit, it's that he lied <laughs> you know what I mean, like <laughs> Like that that's the female mentality is it's like, well, why don't you just have an honest conversation and be like, listen, men are wired to desire partner variety, and here's why. And you can read all about it in obscene thoughts. And and just say, Listen, you know, I, I get that you want to hear a certain thing, you know, but it's like I think a problem is that a lot of women are, are raised with, you know, romance novels and chick flicks. And these are products that cater to women. Just like pornography caters to men. They don't Make porn. I mean, they make porn for women, but it doesn't sell that great. You know, right. they, they make porn for men, right? So a guy watches a thing, and his girlfriend brings over her whole sorority, and they have an orgy with him and her, and her seven sorority sisters, and that's male fantasy. And <laughs> and you know, in in Happens female, all time. yeah, and in the female, right, and in the female's version. You know, she it's Fifty Shades of Grey. The guy's a billionaire with a jet, and you know, it's huge, all empire and billions of dollars. If the guy was broke, it'd be a Criminal Minds episode. But he's rich now, all of a sudden it's romantic, right? So <clears throat> the thing is, is all of these romance novels, the main guy is never a short guy who lacks confidence that lives with his mother. Never. It's always a tall industrialist, business entrepreneur, lawyer, doctor, somebody of social status, somebody of affluence, somebody, you know, of social status, basically, right? So women say, wow, that's what I want. You know, and, and if I say to a girl who who grew up in American culture that watches television and reads romance novels and watches chick flakes. And I say, I want to introduce you to my friend, Joe. I think you guys would really get along. She's going to be like, what does he do? And I'm like, Oh, he's an auto mechanic. Oh, I'm not interested. I don't, I don't want to date an auto mechanic. He can't take me to Europe. He can't, you know, do this or that. Like, you know, they want the guy who has resources because that's what they expect from what they've, Seen all their life in media. And meanwhile, I say to my friend Joe, hey, I got this girl I want to hook you up. I think you guys are really get along. What does she look like? And maybe she's a size 10, which is still lower than the average. And he's like, she's too fat because he watches porn all day long and he wants a size 3 or a size 6. You know what I mean? So it's like the expectation gets ruined by these, by these products that are catered to the evolved sexual psychology of each gender. So if you're a guy who watches porn all day long, but you're low status or low value, then your chances of finding a girl like that are slim. And if you're a girl who reads romance novels all day long and watches chick flakes and you're low status or value, good luck finding a guy that's going to do that. Now, if you're a super hot girl, high mate value, then you'll probably find guys that will give you that. They will be at your door with roses and take you and do all these things and want to you know, signal to you monogamy. And if you're a guy that's high value, meaning you're tall, personable, outgoing, rich, and have money – you know, you're going to be able to have your lifestyle and be able to have a girl that will tolerate non-monogamy and and do these things with you. So I think that's that's what a lot of it uh, does. That even answer the question? I know I've been kind of rambling.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. That led me to another question: is you you talk about that and social status and you know guys obviously love hot chicks, chicks love guys with money. But if I could flip it a little bit, let's let's say I'm out here in Los Angeles. You used to live in Los Angeles. You take you know South Central, very poor area. Uh, not a lot of money at all. There are, you know, people having kids way too often. Quite frankly, you know, there, there's people definitely down there having sex. There's there's chicks h- hooking up with guys and vice versa. So how would you explain it in that situation where guys are not wealthy? A lot of times, well, no, it's chicks a are not attractive. No, no,
1: no, no, no. It's a market. There's a quote that says any guy can have a girlfriend. It's just how selective he wants to be. I mean, anybody can get it. I mean, when when you when you and I are interviewing a Bank of America, I could be like, all right, let's go get a job at McDonald's. <laughs> Forget two hundred thousand. I'll take five dollars an hour. Like, like it's all a market so i'm i'm not saying that if you're an overweight woman or if you or an older woman or if you are a short guy or you know you'll make a lot of money that you're not going to have a relationship at all i'm just saying that it's market driven so if i'm a guy and i'm tall and personable and confident and socialized etc i'll be able to realize what i want which is multiple partners and you know uh, a girlfriend who's more likely to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. If I'm not that guy then I'm also have a girlfriend but I'm going to have to be monogamous. It depends who has the who has the the higher mate value in the relationship. Um so it's like anything else. I mean like think about if you want a Ferrari, let's just say let's just say a Ferrari is the pinnacle car. Um <clears throat> you know and you have $300,000, you can have a Ferrari. If you want a Ferrari and you have $10,000, you can't have a Ferrari, but that doesn't mean you're not going to drive. You'll go buy a Kia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want the Ferrari, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean the guy who's dating, you know, the forty five year old size sixteen girl in Compton doesn't wanna date J Lo. <laughs> he would love <laughs> to date J Lo. He just can't date J Lo. Of course. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, the rich and successful guy, you know, is dating the hot girl, you know, and if you're a hot girl in Compton and you're, you know, in high school and you're dating your loser boyfriend, that's not going to last long because the minute she, you know, goes out to college or somebody else of wealth and influence attracts her and shows an interest, she's going to jump to him, you know, but to have the, and why wouldn't she? I mean, listen, if I have two people and one guy, you know, let's just say I'm a girl and one guy wants to take me on his yacht and take me to Europe, <laughs> go see the Eiffel Tower and the other guy wants to go sit and smoke weed in the backyard, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's a no brainer, you know, on, on who you're going to hang out with. And it's because everybody, like, they, you know, a lot of people, they rationalize their existence. They rationalize their experience. So what will happen is somebody will lose a leg in Iraq in an IED and they have one leg or no legs. And then, you know, they'll go to a rehab treatment and they'll meet a girl and they'll marry the girl. And they'll say, you know, I'm actually really glad that I lost my legs because if I didn't lose my legs, I would have never met my wife, who I love. And I believe that they believe that, but statistically, if he didn't lose his legs, he would have met another wife in another setting he would have loved just as much, but he'd have his legs. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? But he's rationalizing what happened to him um, as a way of, of, it's called like an emotional immune system. Dan Gilbert, a psychologist at Harvard, talks about that. So, what happens is a lot of guys will say if you're not a high value mate, you're not a high value guy that's had opportunities all your life, then you say, no, I love my wife. This, this Dave guy is full of crap. I don't I don't desire multiple partners. You know? But that's he's rationalizing that because he's he's not a guy who has the opportunity to have multiple partners. You know, there was a study out of uh, Berkeley, it was done by Dan Ariely, who's now at Duke, and uh, George Lowenstein, who's now at Carnegie Mellon, it was called In the Heat of the Moment. And what it talked about was it asked guys questions in cold states, meaning there were non aroused states. Would you have sex with an old woman? No. Would you cheat on your wife? No. Would you have sex with your cousin? No. And then what they did is they gave them laptops that were covered in uh, you know, saran wrap. And they said, all right, go home, watch your favorite porn. When you're aroused, you know, press the button, and, and it's going to start asking you questions. So guys would go home. they watch the porn of their choice, get to right when they're about to climax, but without climaxing and staying close. And then they ask the same questions. Would you cheat on your wife? Yes. <laughs> Will you have sex with an older <laughs> one. Yes. Will you have sex with your cousin? Yes. So the point of the study was to show that when you're in a cold state, it's kind of like when you eat a big meal. You're a fat guy. You eat a big meal, and you're like, you know what? I just ate a huge meal. I'm so full. I can't eat another thing. I need to do something about my weight. I'm on a diet starting now. You're in a cold state. You're in a cold hunger state. You're not hungry. You're the furthest thing from hunger you just gorged. Right. Okay? And The next day, they're like, you know what? Forget the diet because now they're hungry again. Their, their hunger is reactivated, and now they want a cheeseburger instead of a salad. You know, it's easy to say you don't want a cheeseburger when you're not hungry. It's easy to say you're not going to cheat on your wife when you're not aroused. But you know, take that same guy who says he won't cheat on his wife. He's at a bar traveling, okay, and he's talking next to a girl, and she doesn't do anything. Yeah, he hasn't cheated, but he's not, he doesn't have the opportunity. That girl turns to him in a low-cut dress and starts rubbing his crotch and says, I find you really attractive. What are you doing later? All of a sudden, now he has an opportunity, which is more likely to happen to somebody you know, with high mate value, and then he's more likely to cheat. Those things happen to George Clooney. They don't happen to Joe Schmo in Indiana. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. a lot of people, I believe when they say that they're not going to cheat on their wife or this, that, they, that they're that they well-intentioned. Like if, if I said to you, would you eat a human being, you'd probably say no. Of course not. Most people. But if you're on a boat and you have no food and the guy dies, there's a very high probability that you will to survive, eat your friend who just died um, or part of him to survive. This has been documented in that um, – in that experience with the plane that went down with the soccer team and in another situation, oh, yeah. people had to survive. People will do what they need to do to survive. Um, so just cause you think you wouldn't need somebody now because you're not in that position, you know, or these people with nine 11, if I was on that plane with the box cutters, well, that's, that's imperfect information. You know, you don't it's have easy to say. Yeah. So until, unless you're in the position, you can't say it. So a lot of people will, you know, will will say, Oh, that's not true. Blah, blah. But when you look at the behavioral studies, you know, of, um, how people behave um it's pretty clear that there are gender differences and there's reasons for those gender differences i mean men and women face different adaptive problems over time you know evolutionary psychology basically posits that we behave in ways that are selfish to our own genes we want to get our genetics into the future the genes basically use the body it's not even our consciousness it's our genes within us that are trying to replicate themselves through reproduction in the future sure so how is a guy more likely to reproduce? Well, if a guy has sex with as many girls as possible and impregnates as many girls as possible, his genes are the most likely to survive because the more kids you have, the more likely they are to survive. Makes sense. Can limited kids. I could have ten. Have sex with 100 girls a day for the next you know, 40 years. In theory, get them all pregnant. Have Be like Genghis Khan, right? <laughs> they say that like everybody on the planet or something. You know, some percentage of people have Genghis Khan in some capacity in them. Um, But for women, it doesn't work that way. Women don't have unlimited eggs. They have a fixed number of eggs. A reproductive choice for them is very costly. Uh, They have a minimal obligatory parental investment of nine months. Once the baby is born, they need to to raise that kid to 18, which requires resources and protection, which is helpful if you have a guy to help with the parenting and the protection and the resources. But if you had sex with 10 guys that week, nobody's going to claim paternity. It's not mine. It's not mine. Remember, DNA testing and birth control, this is all in the last 100 years. Like, this, when you talk about evolutionary psychology, you're talking about millions of years of evolution. you know yeah. we, our brains is, aren't going to catch up to this for a long long, long long time and it's not conscious, it's subconscious. So girls always want to get to know a guy before they have sex with him. you know they want to be like, what it, you know let's well, meet for coffee, let's talk, let me understand you. you know they want to get his, gauge his genetic quality. they want to gauge his his longevity in, in the relationship. what his level of commitment is because why would a woman want to mate indiscriminately? It could hurt her in an evolutionary sense if she gets pregnant and the guys that around her baby very unlikely to survive, and then she just wasted a precious egg. Women only have a fixed number of eggs, and once they hit menopause, they're done. So every mate choice is very, very important for women. And again, it's not conscious. It's not like I don't look at a girl and go, Wow, I'm really attracted to you, young twenty year old with big boobs and a nice face <laughs> and luscious hair because of that. You know, or because you signal fertility. But that's why nobody's going after the girls in the nursing home.
0: Right. It's not sexy to say to a girl, You look very. Uh good on the fertility scale
1: yeah but but we're not thinking that and women aren't right. thinking women aren't thinking oh i i i'm only i you know a lot of girls go well i i don't care what a guy does well they say that but it's bullshit i mean look think about this let's just play a, a random game right like think about the hottest girl that you know it doesn't matter if she's married or single just just the guy that the girl that you know that you think is just the most attractive person that you personally know not like on tv just you know your friend jennifer whoever she is right, right. I would posit that her boyfriend or husband has a not only a college education but a postgraduate education. He's a lawyer, a doctor, a business executive, and that he makes a six-figure salary or higher. Okay, that's what I would I would posit. I could be wrong, but that's what I would posit. And remember, with statistics, it's ninety-five percent confidence, right? So there's always that five percent outlier. And if I said, tell me. Uh the guy, friend of yours, yourself included, single or married, that most women would want to date if they were single, like, "Oh so-and-so just got divorced, you know, can you fix me up? I bet you that that guy has high social status, that he's a physician or a college professor. He's not like you know the the guy that works at guitar center. you know he's not the guy that works at Ralph's. you know He's, he's a guy that's tall and he's a guy that's funny and he's personable and he has social status. What would, would be my guess. I mean am I completely way off or or what what's happening?
0: No, it makes sense.
1: No, but I'm asking you, like, who who is the hottest girl that you know personally in your social circle, married or otherwise? What's
0: oh, her yeah. name? Her first name. Uh, who is the hottest, girl?
1: <laughs> the hottest girl that you and your friends are like? Oh, I hope so and so shows up at the party because she's gorgeous.
0: All right, we'll uh, we'll say my friend Liz.
1: Okay, Liz. Now, yeah. Liz, I'm, does Liz have a boyfriend or a husband? She's married. Okay. Now my, what I'm suggesting is that her husband has high social status. Is he, is he a lawyer, a doctor, a business executive, a a music production artist? I mean, does he make a six figure salary and is he educated? He's a teacher. See, now that's surprising. In what type of, like a high school teacher.
0: Yeah. High school teacher. He teaches math. Interesting. Yeah.
1: See, I wouldn't have, I would not have expected that. I would have, because you're saying that this is the most attractive girl that you and your friends would, would gauge.
0: I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm trying to run through okay. I'm like, all right, well, who's hot? No, who's...
1: Yeah, so she she's. Be... Def-
0: I mean, she's definitely hot. I I would have to go through and think about all my hottest of hot friends and.
1: But in other words, if if she showed up at a party, let's just say that me, you, you know, you invited me and a bunch of people, and then would the, your friend guy, your guy friends, come up to you and go, "Hey, is she single or who is that girl? Is she is she like that type of hot or is she just?" In other words, oh yeah, for sure, she is. Okay, yeah, we well, see. Well, so that's surprising because mostly. Um, and does he come from a rich family?
0: No, not at all. Yeah. Would... His family comes from Mexico, actually.
1: See, now that's surprising. See, that, that would be an outlier then in what we're talking about, because most it, you ask, ask most of your friends tomorrow the same question. Not, not that know her, but I mean like, right. You know, like several friends at work and be like, listen, who is the most attractive girl that you know? You know, the, the who would be considered the most attractive, uh, by social standards, right? Um, and you know, nine times out of ten, they're going to be with a man of high social status because it's a mating market.
0: Yeah, that'd actually be really interesting to ask my friends and maybe tack it on at the end of the show. And, and yeah, yeah, and make, then let's make a little it. tally of what everybody says.
1: Now, now let's flip it. Who is the who is the who is the male in your social circle that is the highest in mate value? What I mean by by mate value is a combination of height has to be at least six feet tall, um, outgoing, personable. You know, social. It has social status. He has. He is a doctor or a lawyer or a music producer that's already established, makes a six figure salary, and you know, handsome and you know that kind of stuff. Like, who would that be?
0: Uh, me... You know, I wonder. First of all, I wonder if I'm too young to have all these six figure friends. But um, the one thing that I'm thinking of, as far as the looks, the the stature, all Not that, that stuff, like the
1: looks, more the height, so height, the height,
0: yeah. Height. He's he's a, he's a strapping young man, if you will.
1: No, he, he he needs to have. He needs to be over six feet tall. Yes, he's gotta be tall. He has to have confidence. He cannot be unconfident. He's got to be confident. Um, he has to have uh, personality, like be funny and outgoing. And he has to have some kind of social status or ambition. Like he's you know in law school or medical school. He doesn't have to maybe have the money right away, but he has to be on that trajectory.
0: All right. Uh, 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 yeah. Is,
1: what's his first name? Bjorn. Okay, Bjorn. And I was Bjorn. Does Bjorn have a girlfriend or a wife?
0: He has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm.
1: And is she attractive? Yes. There you go. So, at least, all right, I won half the time. <laughs> but usually, <laughs> it's going to happen. Now, now, you might have said no, then I'd be like, shit, that's another <laughs> outlier, which would be kind of kind of weird to have two outliers in a row, right? But what I'm saying is, is if you tell me, now let's let's go the other way. Okay, think about your most loserish friend. Okay, so think of somebody who's short. Give me somebody who's like under five oh, ten. Okay, a guy, a guy that didn't go to college. Okay, no college education. And that just has a blue-collar, kind of meaningless job. Does anybody come to mind in your social circle?
0: Yes, but he's not under 5'10". Everything else qualifies, though.
1: Okay, well, let's just play the game anyways and see what happens. Because height is a huge qualifier for women, height and income.
0: Yeah, and, and he <laughs> is tall, unfortunately. Kind of kills this game.
1: Yeah, and, and what's his job?
0: Uh, he's just a bartender.
1: Oh, no. he'll. You know, I see he'll have a good-looking girlfriend because he's a bartender. He's tall. <laughs> uh, that doesn't work. All right, let's go with... Um, because bar, you got to be social to be a bartender. Right. What and bartender is not outgoing? He's Remember, quite gotta, social. No, no. Where I've told you, personality, confidence, success, height, social status. Those five, right? So we need somebody that has at least – doesn't have four of those. So give me – think about a guy that you know that um, is short. All right. Let's start with that. Think about your short guy friends that are under 5'10". Can you think of any of them?
0: Jesus. Do I have any short guy? I'm tall. I, I think I – yeah. Gra- I think I gravitate to tall people.
1: <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Well, anyways, the point is, is I would say to you would say, okay, I got this guy Joe, and he's yes. you know five eight, and he he works at McDonald's, and he didn't go to college. I'd say his girlfriend attractive, and you'd say no, <laughs> right? And then meanwhile, I would say, okay, who's the ugliest girl? You know, who's like the just completely overweight, just looks terrible. Most of your friends wouldn't have sex with her if you paid. And then chances are that her boyfriend. Or husband is not of high social status; that he's not tall and outgoing. Now that know.
0: example, I'm not going to name any names for obvious reasons, but true. very true.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, so now it's not uncommon. How old is your teacher friend? That's that's the, the 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 girl who's hot. That's with the teacher. How old is she? Uh,
0: they're between twenty eight and thirty. Okay,
1: yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that relationship
0: dissolved. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not, saying,
1: I'm not saying right away. I'm just saying with time.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> I see what you're saying.
1: But uh, but it's it's pretty accurate. I mean, if you and if you look at these, I mean, and again, if you take if you take at random 100 women from the population, 100 men from the population, and then you start aligning them, you rank order them from proceeding. You know, you have a group of men rate them, and you take an average rating, and you plot it. You're going to find a correlation. The, the hotter the woman, the taller her boyfriend, and the more uh, social status he has. And uh, that's you know it's scientific. So it's it's interesting. I just wish more people understood that. You know, and a lot of people they just don't they don't get it from uh, their own perspective. They think anecdotally, and they'll be like, "Like I can say statistically that men are taller than women, right?" Sure, that's I think that's. But science. if you are the UCLA basketball coach, you can say that's bullshit. All the girls I know are taller than men. It's like, yeah, but you're the UCLA basketball coach. You've adversely selected, um, you know, your population. Men yeah. are taller than women. So a lot of people will listen to a show. Or it, I think it's funny too when I do a radio show, and somebody calls in, and they're like. You know, if I do a radio show, right, and I say, I work for the FAA, and I say, flying is safe. You don't need to worry about your plane crashing. You're going to make it to your destination. Stop worrying. Okay? And then the host goes, Well, people call in if you want to talk about plane safety. Now, Who's more likely to call? The person sitting at home whose brother died in the plane crash, <laughs> or the person who who just who flies every week and nothing ever happens? I mean, the guy he's just saying, yeah, that's true. He's on his computer, you know. Meanwhile, the guy who's pissed off because his brother died calls up and says, "That's bullshit because my brother died in 9/11," right? Like, but that's not. And then people listen to the show and go, "Oh look, half called in about this, or more people are calling in about this." Like the people, the people that are the outlier call in, right? Right now, if we're having this conversation and you have live callers. I'm going to have a bunch of short people calling and t- tell me about their hot girlfriend. <laughs> but I'm not going to have a bunch of tall people calling going, no shit. You know what I mean? So so that's the problem a lot of times when you have these like call-in radio shows or you do like survey data where people often will, will lie a lot. But once you do once you do the actual behavioral study and you say, okay, bring people into a lab, right there, are attracting this. There, there was a study in Montreal where they took a guy uh, and they put him in a uh, – a Bentley or something, or some nice car, a Porsche, Yeah. and done by God's side at Montreal at Concordia University, and uh, they had women rate his attractiveness, rate him okay. on a scale of ten. And then they took the same guy, they put him in a beat up car. They didn't change him at all. Literally, the guy got out of one car into another, and his ranking was hugely negatively impacted. He went from like an eight and a half to like a four or three, right? And then they did it for a woman. They put a you know attractive woman in a car. In a nice car and in a crappy car, her her mean ranking was not changed at all. She was a ten in both scenarios. So it's like you know the, the social status attached to the male mattered. The social status attached to the female didn't. And this is behavioral studies. Now, right? now meanwhile, if you ask a bunch of women on a survey, would you date a guy who didn't drive a nice car? A lot of them would probably put yeah, even though in reality they probably won't. I mean, if they're high value women,
0: yeah. And and you, that that car study is interesting because Chevy actually has a commercial out right now that does that study in the commercial. What? No. Yeah, they have they have a group of girls and they put a guy just in a regular, you know, Kia or Hyundai or whatever. And they say, What do you think of this guy? Like, Oh, he's fine. Like then they put him in the Chevy truck. Oh, he's hot.
1: That's funny. see, but that wouldn't happen with the Chevy truck. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: Now, Obviously that was made <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah,
1: I get what you're doing, but that. yeah, that came from that from that study, but that's funny. I had no way. I don't have I haven't had a TV since nineteen ninety nine. I have no desire for TV. It's I think it like poisons the brain. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> but uh so yeah, I haven't seen it, but um That is funny that they actually uh, mimicked the study.
0: And that is where I'm cutting it off for today. I know what you're thinking. Greg, how dare you? Well, you're welcome, actually, because that was going to be a huge audio file for you to download. Anyways, the rest will be coming in just two short weeks. The show drops every other Wednesday, as you already know. And you won't want to miss the next part. We talk about why prostitution should be legal, getting girls to hook up with you, relationship stuff, and like I said before, I will be joined by Deanna and New Girl to discuss all the topics that Dave brought up. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed the, the podcast, if you've enjoyed what Dave has to say, go get his book, Obscene Thoughts, A Pornographer's Perspective on Sex, Love, and Dating. And of course, that's available on Amazon. All you have to do is click through the banner at showcom Also, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, under the Guest's Section on iwantonowjo.com. Not only is there a brief little bio on every guest that I have, but there's also links to get uh, anything they're talking about, i.e., either books or movies or whatever they're here to talk about. So go check that out. Also, he is the creator of Risky Business, a look inside America's adult film industry, a documentary meant to bring out both sides of the porn world. But that's enough of me. You guys will get more when part two drops with not just myself, but of course, New Girl and Deanna. So look out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So don't forget to check us out at I Give us a thumbs up over on Facebook, Facebook.com slash I Want To Know Show. Please follow the show on Twitter at I Want To Know Show. And anything you want to email me or the show, of course, can be sent to I Want To Know Pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. Part two coming soon. And on that note, good night, everybody.